Are you ready for the latest Habs news, passionate debates, and in-depth analysis from hockey experts around the league? It's the most informative and interactive podcast about the Montreal Canadiens. This is the Canadiens Connection Podcast, featured on allhabs.net, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Joseph Whalen, and this is episode 48 of the Canadians Connection podcast, the Daniel Briere edition of the Canadians Connection podcast. And I'm pleased to be joined, as always, by my co-host, the Daniel Briere to my JJ Daniel, Mr. Rick Stevens. How are you, Rick? The roving Rick Stevens, because uh, yeah. first road trip of the year uh, in beautiful Belleville, Ontario uh, today and for the weekend for the uh, rookie showcase. And, and uh, yeah, the first road trip of the year and and uh, probably uh, won't be back home till April, but, but that's the way uh, hockey life goes, right? Yeah. How does it feel to be back out on the road? How does it feel for it all to be started once again? You know, it feels terrific, and being in that arena last night and uh, seeing the players and, and coaches and management and and, uh, and uh, scouts, there was lots of scouts, and, and, you know, renewing acquaintances and everybody coming up and saying hello, and, and uh, it, it was great. It just felt, it felt good, and uh, even got a text uh, telling st- uh, tales out of school here, but uh, got a text from <laughs> our, our friend Chris G last night, the pictures that I was tweeting he said ah he said I wish I, I want to be back in, in the arena too in Place Bell so yeah. <laughs> uh, Chris is getting anxious for uh, for the Laval rocket coverage and, and uh, uh, Amy Johnson was uh, uh, there last night taking pictures and, and uh, so we're, we're all fired up and ready to go for rocket sports uh, coverage for this season. Absolutely. And, and we're going to be talking about the rookie camp and, and this tournament in just a couple minutes because there was a game last night that uh, you guys were covering and we're going to get to that. But before we get there, just want to go over some of the things that we've got coming up on this jam packed show. So we're going to talk about the rookie camp and, and the games that are going to be happening tonight and tomorrow for the Montreal Canadiens prospects. And as well as that, we've got uh, an interview to, uh, you know, we've been talking about the Montreal Canadian side of things with Sebastian Ajo's offer sheet uh, that the Canadians tabled back at the beginning of the summer. So we wanted to get uh, the perspective of a, of a Carolina Hurricanes fan and, and really give you guys that side of things and see how they feel about this rivalry that's really brewed from, you know, the, the offer sheet. This is one of the more unique sort of uh, starts to a rivalry that we've seen. So we're going to get to that in segment number two. And of course we have the question of the week, which is Julian hinted that there may be changes who is untouchable in the Habs organization. So if you want to chime in with your uh, responses to that question, you can do so on social media. You can tweet at Habs connection at Joela 19 at all Habs, but there is another way to reach us. We've got some call in numbers, Rick. We do. Um, this is a live show every Saturday at 1 um, Eastern. Um, and so you can reach uh, our studio number. That is 
two one three nine four three thirty seven fifty four. Uh, and being on the road, I had to use that number today to call in, so <laughs> it's working well. Um, yep. If you're listening on on demand, um, uh, the text number, the Rocket Sports text number is 5853-ROCKET. Uh, you can reach us anytime, day or night, uh, if you want to send us a message, 5853-ROCKET. Yeah, so with all of that said, we do have some minor pieces of news that we're just going to go through sort of a bullet point style. We did have uh, Brian Gianta, former captain of the Montreal Canadiens, who he's going to be inducted into the United States Hockey Hall of Fame, uh, a well-deserved honor for a guy who, if you remember, he just played at the uh, the Pyeongchang Olympics in 2018 for Team USA. That was the whole thing. He was making his comeback to go and play there. So that was a, you know, a very well-deserved honor. And if you remember, the Canadians probably uh, their best season – since uh, 93, he was the captain of that team. So Eastern Conference final appearance. So that's something to say for uh, Brian Gianta and uh, certainly wish him, uh, well, congratulations for this honor. Uh, in addition to that, uh, it was thrown out on Twitter by Eric Engels that uh, Jason Pominville might be a target for a PTO by the Montreal Canadiens. And this was, uh, you know, something that kind of divided opinion. Uh, is, you know, an aging forward in the league. And if you remember last year with uh, Joel Ward, the Canadians did go down that road last year and ultimately let Ward go. So if they do go down this road with Jason Pominville, with the young team that they have, you could perhaps expect a similar outcome. But uh, again, that is something that is being thrown out on Twitter uh, and an idea that maybe the Canadians are looking for a little bit more scoring and maybe some veteran leadership. And, uh, just a couple more pieces of news. Jaden Struble, uh, welcome to Northeastern University uh, by a tweet. And this was something that was uh, thrown out there on Twitter by their official hockey account. And so uh, it was a warm welcome for uh, Jaden Struble, who is known to be a Greek god, at least according to Mark Bergevin and Canadians fans. And uh, finally, we have uh, Carey Price, who was the sole Canadian ranked inside the top 50 of the Hockey News Hockey News Players uh, projections for next season. So uh, Carey Price, the only Montreal Canadian. I don't think that's overly surprising, but uh, yeah, he is the only one in the top 50 uh, rankings of players. So all of that said, we have some bigger pieces of news to get to. And I guess we'll start with the rookie camp, seeing as you are there for this tournament in Belleville, all these games taking place at the CAA arena in Belleville, where the Belleville senators play their hockey and, Last night, there was a game between the Ottawa Senators prospects and the Winnipeg Jets prospects, which uh, the Ottawa Senators prospects won decidedly 8-1. to one. Um, That was a, not exactly a nail-biter. The Montreal Canadiens, or their prospects, looking to uh, have a little bit of a better game tonight against the Ottawa Senators, I would say. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's hope. Uh, it was... Uh... It, the game opened kind of a spirited uh, affair. Uh, uh, Winnipeg Jets came out hitting, um, hitting everything. Everybody was hitting and, and hitting everything that moved. And, and it was a, an evenly played uh, first period. Uh, it was 1-1 by the end of the first. Um, Ottawa took over in the second period. Uh, uh, some shaky goaltending, I'd say, in, in the Winnipeg net. Uh, Adam Carlson had a rough time, ended up giving up seven goals uh, on the night. 
um, was spelled uh, in the third period. It was uh, Griffin Outhouse that came in and took over. Um, and but uh, the Ottawa Senators, there, um, uh, they've got. Uh, you know, we talk about the Canadians' young talent. Ottawa's got uh, a, a good cadre of uh, of young players. Drake Batherson. Uh, before we we're coming on the air, we talked. You and I talked about Alex Formanton. Of course, you uh, spent time uh, covering the uh, uh, the Young Sens. Uh, Josh Norris is another one. Logan Brown had three points last night, uh, two goals and an assist. Uh, Vitaly Abramov, uh, goal and assist. Yeah. Eric Brandstrom, who came over from uh, the Vegas organization. Um, so lots of lots of good uh, talent. And as I say, you'll, you'll be familiar with. Uh, uh, with many of them, and they they, uh, they looked very good last night uh, against the Jets. The Jets, um, you know, the coverage's a, a, a bit bare as 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 far as talent goes, but um, they too have some uh, players uh, in their lineup. Um, Villianola, uh, of course, uh, taken by the Jets at we saw him in Vancouver taking the draft, and and. Uh, uh, both you and I had him uh, uh, kind of penciled in high on on, on our list. He, yeah. He's a terrific <laughs> puck mover. Um, a little slight right now. He needs to, to muscle up a bit. Um, Christian Vesvalainen, it was great. David Gustafson looked good. Um, for Habs fans, uh, remember you and I talked in June about uh, the Canadians choosing not to uh, sign uh, Scott Walford before uh, – um, the, the the deadline and and so he became a free agent now he's at the we'll see what happens but he's at the uh, Winnipeg Jets uh, um, uh, rookie uh, showcase and and uh, uh, Scott Walford actually looked very good last night and and in an eight one loss he was the only plus player at plus one uh, so he had a decent game yeah and, and that was something that I think at the time you look at them letting go of Scott Walford and maybe not something that a lot of people thought was going to be too big of a deal. But I mean, as you say, it was probably one of the lone standouts of a game where the the jets just got dismantled eight to one by the senators prospects. So maybe this is going to come back to haunt Montreal. I mean, it it might not be significant at this juncture to say that because it is only a rookie tournament game, but if he if he looks solid for Winnipeg, I mean that's 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 not insignificant. And I think especially with the way that the left side looks for Montreal, maybe that's a guy. And we had this conversation months ago, I know. But this is this might have been a guy that they should have held on to, or at least tried to, uh, to get a, a longer look at what he has. But the Canadians will have their chance. Uh, there was a, a twenty minute uh, practice, more of a game skate this morning, uh, yeah. short and uh, and spirit this morning at CAA. We we were there for the um, for the practice, um, and uh, there there's certainly a good feeling, uh, a lot of camaraderie, and and it's a period of evaluation. That's what this this rookie showcase is all about. It's uh, being evaluated. The uh, the players are all looking for a chance to take that next step into the main Montreal training camp, um, as all teams are. Uh, you know, they each get to play each other. Um, uh, there's just three teams, the Senators, Jets, and Canadians. Actually, the Senators and Jets end up playing. Um, they played last night. They'll play again Monday. They play each other twice. So uh, four games overall. 
Um, the building is is full of of scouts. Uh, had a chance to talk uh, to a few, uh, and and one in particular was saying that this kind of tournament is ideal for them um, because they have their target list of players. The, these are the pro scouts, and and uh, it gives them uh, two solid viewings of their target list of players. And um, so there's you know there's lots of scouts here. There's scouts in Traverse City. Uh, the NHL had uh, uh, Danny McCourt was there um, evaluating the officials that were on the ice last night. Um, so it's it's and 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 uh, the Canadians contingent. Uh, of course, the, there's the Laval coaching staff: Joel Bouchard, Daniel Jacob, Alex Burrows, and Marco Marciano. Uh, they're there, uh, but also from the Canadians organization, there's Larry Carrier, Scott Mellenby, uh, Mart, um, Martin Lapointe, Eric Crawford. Uh, Rob Ramage, uh, Frankie Bullion, they're all there to um, have a good look at their players, but also uh, take a look at at um, uh, the Jets and, and the Senators as well. So um, it's 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 a it's good to be back to hockey. It's good to to uh, um, see this this uh, the start of the season and and the real kickoff, and it's uh, it's exciting. And the and the Canadians will have their chance to uh, uh, prove themselves tonight against uh, a, a pretty powerful Ottawa Sanders lineup. <laughs> yeah, and, and it is very exciting. And I know that a lot of Montreal Canadiens fans can't wait uh, to watch that game tonight on was it, YouTube with the uh, Ottawa Senators and Belleville Senators YouTube uh, accounts. And, and you've got some great coverage from the uh, Rocket Sports Media team as well. So it's a lot of excitement that's starting to build at this point, and especially for Montreal and Ottawa, because, I mean, this is where a lot of their excitement lies with these young players. Uh, you know, for Ottawa, you mentioned Abramov and, and Brandstrom. Those were two major pieces that they got back for Matt Duchesne and, uh, and Mark Stone. So this is a lot of the, the first time that they'll get to actually see these guys, you know, play a little bit more than, than they've seen. So that is going to be exciting in and of itself. So uh, the fact that Montreal is in that same boat with a lot of nice young pieces, that's going to be a great game tonight. And, and as I said, you guys uh, providing coverage in Belleville, uh, yourself, Amy Johnson, the AHL report, and uh, certainly uh, follow along with their coverage tonight. Um, and we should you mention, you mentioned the, the yep. Canadians uh, prospects. We should just mention some names so that for those yeah. that uh, aren't, aren't used to viewing the prospects, they'll know who to look for. Uh, of course, the team being led by Ryan Paling and um, uh, surprisingly this being his very first rookie camp, although he seems uh, <laughs> that he's, uh, you know, uh, primed for the, for the main camp already. Nick Suzuki, yeah. uh, Josh Brook, uh, Caden Primo, uh, Alan McShane, uh, even Jake uh, Evans um, uh, looks, uh, he's, he's, he's put on some muscle over the uh, summer and, and a bit of an injury uh, bitten uh, season, uh, his first pro season, but he looks ready to go. Uh, certainly at practice, uh, he was, uh, he was running around the ice this morning. So um, those are, those are some of the, uh, some of the names yeah. for uh, you to keep uh, an eye out for tonight. Certainly a couple of familiar names in there. Uh, so, yes, keep an eye out for, for those guys. Um, so, with that said, we'll move from these young, exciting players to Mark Bergevin talking about a former Canadian 
and citing the reason that they won't bring him back as being these young, exciting players. And that would be an interview that Mark Bergevin did with Mark Denis of RDS, where the question came up about Andre Markov, who, as we've discussed in recent weeks, is eyeing a return to the NHL. He's got Alan Walsh on his side now. So with, with all of that, Mark Bergevin sort of just put those rumors to rest and said, listen, the Montreal Canadiens, we're in a different spot right now. We want to give these young guys an opportunity to play. So when you hear that, uh, what, what comes to mind? Well, listen, I, I understand that. And of course, when we talked about this, when this, uh, we, we, we talked about uh, Andre Markov, you know, can he, can he still help? Um, is, is, would you rather have him than, as you mentioned, uh, Mike Riley or, you know, all of those are maybe, and, and what can he do? Well, sure. And can he, um, you know, play his 10 games to reach a thousand, all those kinds of things. But what we're really talking about is two years ago, a mistake was made and a, a, a big mistake by Mark Bergevin. And, um, you know, in the interview with Mark Denis, he said that two years ago efforts were made to sign Markov and that instead um, Markov chose the KHL. And we know that's that's a that's a lie. That's that's just a lie. Yeah. Um, yes, you can spin it that way. But but uh, Markov really didn't have a choice. Um, Mark Bergevin wasn't willing to give him a contract um, until training camp was over, until the beginning of the season. And and Andre Markov wanted uh, some sort of uh, assurance for his his young boys and uh, starting school and and all of that. And and um, I think more so, Andre Markov wanted to be treated with respect. And it's clear. I mean, there's no argument that he was not treated with respect. And that's certainly going to be Mark Bergevin's legacy because we hear it from former players, we hear it from current players, we hear it from players around the league. Mark Bergevin is, is a general manager who isn't known for respecting his players. Um, and so the things that Mark Bergevin is saying now about making room for Noah Juleson and Victor Mehta and, and Josh Brook uh, and Romanov eventually next year, all of those things make sense. But it was the, it was the mistake that was made two years ago that, that I think about and. And, and, you know, yes, the, the organization has changed direction, but why couldn't Mark Bergevin pick up the phone and call Andre Markov and say, Andre, I know you want to come here, um, but here's, here's what we're working with now. So that, that Andre Markov or uh, Alan Walsh wouldn't, wouldn't have to hear this through the media, uh, that they yeah. hear things directly. That, 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 that would have been a respectful way to do it. Um, it's, it's just unfortunate the way uh, this has all played out. And, um, and, and I think that, that uh, uh, you know, even, even Mark Bergevin in his interview with Mark Denis could have said, you know, we, we would have liked, he could have talked about the, what um, Andre Markov has given the Montreal Canadiens organization could have talked about, um, him being 10 games short of the thousand could have, you know, um, but, but he was, he seemed very cold and, and, um, I, 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 I just didn't like the way he presented it. Yeah. And I mean, when you look at this, 
Um, the thing that comes to mind, Mark Bergevin does have one thing right. There's been a lot that's changed in the last two years. Yeah. And namely, the thing that's changed for the Montreal Canadiens is that they no longer have stability on the left side of the defense that was there two years ago, three years ago when Andre Markov was manning that left side. He was a guy for years that you could just throw out there and more or less you knew what you were going to get out of Andre Markov. And he made a lot of guys look better than perhaps they, they were. Mike Kamaseric comes to mind. Maybe a teeing yeah. up Sheldon Surrey with those passes the way that only Andre Markov can. Maybe that earned him a little bit money. But, I mean, Sheldon Surrey had a great shot. But <laughs> with all that said, though, Ryan O'Byrne looked pretty good, too, with, with exactly. Markov. Exactly. He, he had a habit of making those around him look better than they were. And for me, that was the thing that I think that when you look at the way that this was handled by the Montreal Canadiens, that's something that they didn't address. And you were right to point that out. They did not address that Andre Markov is a phenomenal defenseman and was a phenomenal defenseman for years for the Montreal Canadiens. It didn't feel as though he was given his just due as a, as a really good player for this team. He, he was always, you know, and in these, negotiations and the way that it was handled, it always felt like he was being disrespected by the organization. And I think that's something that, as you said, will define Mark Bergevin's legacy. Yeah, I think so too. It's, it's a sad way to, to end uh, uh, Andre Markov's tenure tenure with the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah. So uh, moving, moving on to another defenseman, uh, Jake Gardner was a guy who was rumored to be uh, of interest for the Montreal Canadiens. They had interest in bringing him in earlier in the summer, according to Elliot Friedman. Uh, we talked about that last week. Uh, then uh, David Pagnotta of the fourth period kind of threw fuel to the fire, saying that Montreal was willing to go multiple years on a contract for Jake Gardner. And then yesterday, Jake Gardner signs with our old friends, the Carolina Hurricanes, <laughs> and it was a very team-friendly deal. Uh, four years, sixteen point two million. You're looking at an AAV of just over four mil. So, uh, were you a little bit surprised at how low of a price the Carolina Hurricanes got Gardner for? Well, it's funny um, that that uh, according to some Canadian fans, uh, nobody wants to be in Carolina, right? Uh, but wow, uh, they're they're uh, they did well. It's a, as you said, a very team team friendly uh, contract, and and you wonder um, there's there's uh, buzz starting to build. Uh, Carolina Hurricanes are as an organization in a pretty good place, and they're able to attract uh, top end talent and and. Uh, uh, you know, for a, a, a bargain, a, a good value. And, and um, so it's understandable, I think, that there's a very simple narrative that's developing uh, on social media, and that is um, it would have cost Mark Bergevin an extra 500K uh, to acquire a top-pairing <laughs> defenseman in Jake Gardner rather than a third-pairing defenseman in um, Ben Sherratt. And um, theoretically... That's true. I mean, when you when you think about it, theoretically, that's that's true. Uh, but let's add a bit of context to that. Uh, number one, I think it points out it, it it clearly illustrates that Ben Sherratt is being overpaid by by Bergevin significantly. <laughs> and we 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 talked about that. We talked about that 
uh, before, and even the people in Winnipeg uh, who've watched him all these years are saying that the the the, the Winnipeg uh, beat reporters are saying, you know, he's a he's a really good um, 1.5 million dollar defenseman, yeah. but he's not he's not a, a very good 3.5 million dollar defenseman. Um, so, but also add in the context to this whole story, Jake Gardner didn't had no interest in playing in Montreal. And who knows yeah. why? Is it is it the taxes, the language, the climate, the media? We've 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 talked about that before. But I, I again, Bergevin's partly responsible for that because there's all kinds of reasons not to play in Carolina, right? I, I mean that you can that come to mind yeah. uh, that you can you can spout out uh, about uh, not being a traditional hockey market and and. Uh, uh, the uh, Dundon, the owner, being um, uh, cheap and all that kind of there's all kinds of narratives that you can come up with, but somehow there's a buzz about Carolina that people will go there, and um, because they're an up and coming team, they're uh, every team uh, in each part of their organization has uh, has had success in, in the past year, and and um, I think that that Bergevin not understanding. Uh, the cap well we've talked about that uh, overpaying for some um, it's just um, uh, if 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 he was creating the same kind of winning uh, culture here the players would be lining up and and willing to come uh, to Montreal for for it and and ignore those things like uh, taxes and language and other things because the bottom line is players want to win um, yeah. those those other things only become an issue um, when that when that culture winning uh, is not there anymore. Yeah, and I mean, I think that when you look at why Jake Gardner, you can speculate all you want about why he wouldn't want to go to Montreal. And, you know, there there's the fact that he did play for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And it reminded me of the Josh Georges thing. If, if you know, it wasn't said explicitly, but if you can kind of read between the lines, you look at the way that he, it was just kind of, Elliot Friedman said that interest in for Jake Gardner is, is not reciprocated. He doesn't want to go to Montreal. And, you know, if that is indeed the case, and of course, speculate, like we're just speculating, but if that is the case, I mean, everything that that guy went through in Toronto, if there was ever going to be a guy that crossed that line of the rivalry, would it not be Jake Gardner? Would it not be the guy that was vilified and, and, and just ripped to pieces because of the way that he played in game sevens and back-to-back years? So, you know, I see that is kind of something that we, that, that's thrown out on Twitter. You know, that to me, I, I, I can't see it in this scenario. Josh Georges was understandable. Josh Georges was a guy that he was the assist, he was the alternate captain on this team. He was a character guy. He blocked shots. He loved the Montreal Canadiens. Jake Gardner, I think, even though he's got some friends on that team, Morgan Riley comes to mind as, as a guy that was just asked about Jake Gardner a couple of days ago before he signed that contract. I think that if there was a guy that would be willing to make that switch, it would be Jake Gardner just because of the way that that market had kind of grown tired of, of his mistakes in Game 7s. And, um, you know, certainly that is something to – to keep in mind, but I mean, going to a less of a pressure cooker environment, I think could be a factor in why he would want to go to Carolina and, and Montreal, maybe not, isn't that kind of a, you know, a place where he can hide from that. It's, it's still that pressure cooker. So Carolina, the winning of last year, 
and maybe the fact that there's going to be a little less attention, that could be something that Jake Gardner was really looking forward to and trying to get out of a market like Toronto. But again, it's, it's just another example where the Montreal Canadiens, as you said, they go and they get Ben Chirot. Maybe if they did overextend themselves, maybe a little bit further than where the Canes did financially, then maybe you could have a guy that could play alongside Shea Weber convincingly and, and be a guy that you could have in the top pair and move that puck a little bit better. So yeah, with, I, I agree hundred percent. Yeah. And, and we have that, we have an interview coming up with uh, Patty from uh, let's go Canes. So the Carolina hurricanes were stout defensively, regardless whether or not they added Jake Gardner. Now they have got defensemen just, everywhere on this organization so they're just they're in a great position uh defensively so this is going to be a a very interesting team to watch i think uh going forward and uh with that in mind we do have the interview with uh patty from let's go kane so i guess we'll take our first break here on the canadians connection podcast and when we come back rick has got a, a phenomenal interview with patty from let's go kane so stick around we'll be back after this Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas. Sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are located in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. And welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Joe Whalen. You can find me on Twitter at JoeWhalen19. So as I mentioned going to break, we've got a great interview here with Patty from Let's Go Canes. And here at Rocket Sports Media, we, we welcome diverse opinions. And that's why we sought out this interview with a Canes fan, with a Canes perspective of what happened earlier this summer with Sebastian Ajo. 
And, and as we say at the top of every show, we aim to inform, engage, and entertain. And you can't be completely informed if you don't have multiple viewpoints. And that's why we have this very special interview with Patty from Let's Go Canes. So I'm going to turn it over to Mr. Rick Stevens. Thanks for that, Joe. Um, over the summer, according to social media, a new hockey rivalry was born. And um, as a show uh, that features the Montreal Canadiens, we thought it was high time to hear from the other side of the fence, so to speak. Uh, So we are very happy to be joined today by Patty, uh, founding member of Let's Go Canes, a message board for uh, fans of the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, Patty, welcome to the Canadians Connection. Uh, We're happy to have you. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Well, we're thrilled to have you. And uh, just at the outset, um, we want to, um, we know that, that you have some weather in, in your area, um, Hurricane <laughs> Dorian and, um, you know, rain winds pounding the coast. Uh, and uh, so we want to recognize those uh, who are in the Carolinas and, and elsewhere who are experiencing a tough time and particularly the, the devastation in the, in the Bahamas. Uh, so thoughts and prayers to all those people as well. Indeed. Indeed. Thank you. Yeah, we're just getting the bands of the, the hurricanes, but nothing um, nothing damaging or anything like that. We're far from the coast. So lucky for us, we're not experiencing all the, the stuff that's happening down there. Well, that's, that's good to hear. Um, now, listen, we've known each other going back many years on Twitter, Twitter friends. <laughs> uh, I, I think it yeah. goes back to 2010 or something. Um, yeah. And I, I think maybe, maybe to a time that was, that was kind of far more civil on, on Twitter. Um, and, and I would, I would get a message, a public message from you. Uh, w- most often when the, the Canadians were playing the, the, uh, the hurricanes a couple times a year, and you would, I, I looked back and I found a, a tweet and it said, uh, a, a wave and a friendly handshake to a great Habs buddy. Here's to a good game. Now, listen, Patty, um, according to the, the Twitter rules of 2019, you're doing it all wrong. You're far too polite. You're far too, I mean, there's far too much hosp- Carolina hospitality there. Um, this is supposed well, to be a bitter rivalry. I guess so. I guess so, but I'm not falling for it. I'm just not falling for it because I just don't. I don't see the need. I hear you on everything social media related. I think it's just turned into something completely different from way back in our time when we first started uh, tweeting each other and and uh, all that. And it's just incredible what the state of social media is today. But I'm not falling for it. So I I will continue to to be as cheerful as I can, even on opening night when we play each other, it's still going to be handshaking away from Raleigh. Perfect. Um, and, and, and listen, that, that should not be confused that, that you're complacent about your team or you're just as passionate, mm-hmm. just as knowledgeable, uh, just as invested uh, in, in the Carolina Hurricanes as our listeners are in the Montreal Canadiens. Is that a fair thing to say? Absolutely. 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 And boy, did it devolve after the the offer sheet and everything else. I just personally have never thought of the Habs fans or fan base as the enemy of any kind or any of the other teams that we play against, to be candid. But it really did 
just turned so bad. And it continues. I see it in my stream and the whole bit all day. And it feels so bad because it's just not, it's not needed. It's not necessary. I get where everybody is coming from, but this isn't it. This isn't necessary. So um, I don't, I don't want to necessarily rehash the whole Sebastian Ajo affair, a fiasco, whatever you call it. We've talked about it plenty on this show. Um, and, and let me, let me say it so you don't have to. Um, regarding the action by Mark Bergevin, um, there seems to be the people that I've talked to, the scouts and 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 fans of other teams, and there, there's pretty clear consensus, <laughs> broadcasters around the league, that the offer sheet was by the Canadians was poorly uh, conceived and executed. Um, mm-hmm. And if any, the, the Canadians, particularly Mark Bergevin, Jeff Molson, were kind of duped by a player agent who, who was kind of frustrated that, that things weren't moving along uh, the negotiations. Mm-hmm. And, and so he ended mm-hmm. up getting everything he wanted um, for his client. The Canadians tried to spin mm-hmm. it that it was, you know, this disgruntled player who really wanted to get out of Raleigh and, wanted to play in Montreal <laughs> desperately. And, and uh, so the Canadians make this hostile, hostile move on, on, on the Hurricanes' best player. And somehow right. in the aftermath, the Canadians fans are enraged at the Hurricanes organization. How, how, how does that happen? And how did the Canes fans view this whole mess? So there's a couple of different modes of operation that happened once that whole once everything happened, the fan base was so offended by the whole idea that, oh, my gosh, he signed this offer sheet. The Habs fans are saying that he wants to go to Montreal. He's, he hates it here. He's got to go. He's leaving, et cetera. There were a couple of corners, corners of people that were like, of course I don't believe any of that, that this is a transaction. It's business. The agent for Ajo wanted to do what he did. He wanted to move things along, and he got what he wanted, just like you said. But in the same breath, there was no hesitation for many of the fans here that Ajo didn't want to be here. That wasn't even something that was – so there was a whole, you know, that whole back and forth, everybody kind of fighting each other like crazy just to get their point across that Ajo doesn't hate Carolina. He loves it in Raleigh. He wants to be here, et cetera. But there was so much that just kept coming back at each other that you just thought, my goodness, this can't end soon enough. And the fact that we had to wait a whole week because Waddell wanted to make his point and say, we have a week to think about it all, was, oh, my gosh. For me, it was enough. I was, I was done with it, the whole thing. Um, I agree. The, the agent did exactly what he needed to do for his client. The Canadians did not execute well on any of this, uh, but that's neither here nor there, in my opinion. I think it's just what it is. It, from from our perspective as fans of the Carolina Hurricanes, I'm disgusted in it coming to this point. The vulnerability that left of Sebastian Ajo to be an offer sheet candidate and actually receiving an offer sheet was poor. For me, I'm not a fan of the regime. Tom Dunnan as an owner, Tom Waddell as the general manager, not not my scene. Not into either one of those individuals, um, and I don't like their tactics. 
for a different regime, a different time, Aho would have already had his extension. He would have been extended for eight years, not the five that he got because of the offer sheet. So there is that faction of the fan base that thinks Dundon is the savior. He saved the hurricanes. He bought them out of their misery, et cetera, and supposedly is doing all these great things. I'm not one of those people. So I had a little bit of an issue with it, and the idea that floated around that Dundon is cheap, I believe in that theory and have that belief. I believe he's running the Hurricanes like it's a corporation and it's not a corporation. So all of those factors are all of the things that fans here are talking about and have been talking about since the offer sheet happened. So uh, it was the agent who uh, kind of exploited this vul- vulnerability that you, you talk about, mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. uh, Bergevin kind of uh, bought into it. Although, you know, as Elliot Friedman and others have said, kind of half-heartedly, because um, he didn't use uh, all the levers um, that he could have to yeah. put a lot of pressure mm-hmm. on on uh, on the organization. And um, and and yeah. you mentioned about Waddell taking a week. I I probably I I would have done exactly the same thing. Punish the the Canadians and and uh, tie up their their uh, cap space uh, for that period yeah. of time. Um, sure. But now, now this is kind of uh, now it's spilled over to other things. So uh, Don Waddell, who we, we just talked about, is a candidate for the GM position in uh, Minnesota, and and Canadians fans are you know oh the the the, uh, the Hurricanes can't afford him. Yeah. That's why he's abandoning ship too. Uh, they yeah. they have a, an yeah. opinion about that. No opinion on their own uh, Mellonby, <laughs> who is also a candidate. Uh, and, yeah. and uh, Sean Burke, who was a candidate in 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 yeah. uh, uh, Calgary, um, sorry Edmonton. Yeah. Um, um, it, it's it's fun. and and then the the Carolina Hurricanes released their uh, new jerseys. And for most Canadians fans, it wouldn't. I mean, it wouldn't be a blip on the radar any other time. But because of this, they felt it was necessary to. to jump in and say, the, yeah. you know, the only mm-hmm. way, the only reason the, the uh, jerseys were, were uh, redesigned was to save money and all sorts of things. It, it's, it's really out of hand, mm-hmm. don't you think? Oh, it's, uh, it's out of hand, but these are self-inflicted gunshot wounds by the Kings organization. If we're being really honest and clear, you put yourself in this position by the way you do business. And, they have made no bones about it, especially Mr. Dundon, on the whole thing with contracts and why do we have to have contracts for stuff? Da, 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 da. I mean, that's a conversation that he's had with media openly, locally, and in the athletic and things like that. He doesn't believe in contracts. So he, he took his time in letting Waddell go to Minnesota, talk with those folks, have the conversation at least, and He's very nonchalant about the whole idea of, you know, we can just plug and play. We can find another person, et cetera, et cetera. And, yeah, that's all well and good. But, again, this isn't a corporation. I worked for large companies, large businesses, large entities. This lingo that he uses in hockey doesn't translate from the business side in corporate, you know, corporations. He's, you know, run businesses. I get what he's trying to do, but it doesn't work in the hockey world. 
and he wants it to work. He's doing the square peg, round hole thing. Oh, yeah, you know, I love Don. Don will always have a job, always have a job. He said that, like, constantly, consistently for the longest time. He will always have a job. Find something better, then that's fine, too. If you find somewhere with more money, that's great for Don. So you have to look at him sideways and believe what he says, that if you want to go, go on, you know, go with God, have fun, but I'm going to run my business the way I'm going to run my business. And that's how he operates. No bones about that. No bones about that. Now, you mentioned the athletic, uh, Sarah Sibian, who's the uh, beat reporter for the Canes for the athletic, um, has mm-hmm. has gotten beaten uh, verbally beaten up oh, yeah. on on uh, Twitter and mm-hmm. even had some death threats uh, yeah. uh, from Canadians fans and and um, mm-hmm. we certainly want to condemn that and and um, uh, yeah. can, can we get back Do you think we can get back to a more civil kind of discourse uh, on Twitter or elsewhere? I would hope so. And Sarah came to the to the athletic and the beat for the Canes just last year and was widely welcomed, obviously, by the Canes fans. Caniacs love her, thinks she's extremely um, talented. She's a great writer, has really ingratiated herself with the fan base and, and just all things related to the Hurricanes. And to see that, I was on vacation the week of the offer sheet, July 1, et cetera. I was out in, in Arizona. And I saw a couple of the screenshotted death threats were made to her and just the vile things that were said to her. I don't see any place anywhere for any of that. And there has to be a full circle back to civility because this is not it. I hate it for folks that are so bent out of shape about this, but there are so many things bigger in life that we cannot be doing this. But I, you know, it is what it is at this point. You just kind of have to shake your head when you see things like that. But she has taken some daggers, and she's a better person than I. I think I probably would have been already off Twitter <laughs> by now. Would have called it a day and just said, "Hey, I'm enough of this." It's a, she's a different generation. I'm probably old enough to be her mom, so it's, it's a little bit different in that she rolls with those punches. And God bless her, because I just think some of the things that we have seen and and retweeted are just terrible, terrible things. And yeah, we do need to, we need to make a course correction ASAP in terms of civility and the social media footprint. It just can't be it. Just can't. Well, I, I agree a hundred percent. Um, on, on the pause, moving to something more positive, it's a pretty good time to be, <laughs> a. a, a a Kaniac, a, a, a Hurricanes fan right now. You, you look at last season, the, the success throughout the season, um, her, uh, Hurricanes uh, in, in the conference final um, in the NHL, the Florida Everblades, uh, the ECHL affiliate was in the conference final, uh, losing out to the, the Growlers, uh, the eventual Kelly uh, uh, Cup championship. Um, mm-hmm. the, the Charlotte Checkers, um, uh, yeah. a, the AHL affiliate, they are 2019 Calder Cup champs. I mean, what a great time to be yeah. a, 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 a Canes fan. And, and, and I mean, look at uh, the season ticket sales are up, the New Jersey, the fan yeah. involvement with the storm surge. Can you just talk about 
you know, kind of where you came from in the beginning yeah. days to, to the success you have now? So today is, uh, well, this year would be our 19th season. My husband and I are season ticket holders for the Canes. Uh, they came here in 1997. We arrived shortly um, after that um, and became season ticket holders in um, 2000. The soup to nuts, if you go from that start fair, my husband is originally from Western Pennsylvania, uh, home of the Pittsburgh Penguins, a team everybody <laughs> I think knows about. He grew up loving the Penguins. He was a Penguins fan till probably that year after we became season ticket holders. He got season tickets because they were affordable, cheap, and he'd never been a season ticket holder of anything ever. So he thought, well, I can be a season ticket holder and see the Penguins every time they come through town and it'll be great. And then we've got this hockey team up the road. So that was the, the genesis of it all for us to become t ticket holders to today where there's so much that has happened. The highs, the highest of highs, of course, 2006, the lows, the 10 years prior to last season. So we have seen all of it the gamut, everything. And there were terrible times. Those 10 years of no playoffs, those 10 years of empty seats, all the, the shots that we've taken from other fans, media, et cetera, about the low attendance to see what happened last year is just, it's unbelievable. It probably rivals the year that we won the cup. It definitely rivals 2006. Just the energy, the atmosphere, the season ticket sales are through the roof. Um, so much good and people that I hadn't seen in 10 years and more that let go of their season tickets that used to sit next to us in section 121 and all these things, everybody came back. It was like, you know, and then they came back with their now grown children. They used to be little guys and gals running around the arena, all that stuff. So you have this whole group of kids and, and now grown people because some of those kids were teenagers and went off to college and now they're grown adults that make their own money and now they've bought season tickets. It's that thing that has happened and we spent after the Kings lost to the Bruins in the conference finals, we were out in Charlotte every weekend for the checkers and got to see that whole thing um, transpire. So being able to do that and everybody came kind of came with us. So there were weekends in Charlotte where People from Raleigh were in town, and they spent money and stayed in hotels and, and spent the weekend watching the, the series against all the teams in the, in the playoffs with uh, the checkers. It, it's just – it's continued. It's, a, it's very contagious. There's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of youth from the young folks that are now really bought, and it's great. It really is. There's just been so much just to think of all the years of – hard times to get to where we kind of wanted to be, but we wanted to really get to the cup final and do all that. But there's building blocks there. So there's a lot of excitement for the season to come. Lots of excitement about Shretzka, Aho, all the, the cast of characters that are coming back. And, and a lot of sadness that Justin Williams will not be back. So that's, you know, it's all good. But then there's all, all the stuff to be determined. So that's what the beauty of the new season is, right? You get to see what happens and all that. Exactly. So I'm excited for the first time in a long time. Um, one of the, uh, the, the architects of, of that success, uh, 
I would I would say Rick Dudley, who's uh, one in my opinion one of the smartest uh, people I've met in hockey, but also uh, some of the success has to go to guys like Ron Francis, who this summer um, has mm-hmm. been uh, named the the GM of the new Seattle uh, franchise. Yeah. Uh, Ricky Olchuk, uh, formerly mm-hmm. with uh, Carolina, now uh, he's he's taken up the assistant. Um, uh, role there, assistant GM role. So there, there's some, uh, maybe as we, uh, as we end here, uh, if you can just give me uh, a sentence or two on some of the, 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 the names in the, in the, in the news, you mentioned Justin Williams taking a year off, Cam Ward, his one day contract, Ron Francis, if, if you have yeah. a sentence or two on each of those. Sure. Yeah, it was, it was neat to see the one day signing and the retirement of Cam Ward. There's, there's a faction of fans that kind of um, don't really remember what he brought to that 06 cup team and, and all the things that he had to kind of go through as a player to just keep on playing. He, he had some injuries. We basically ran him into the ground in the best years of his career with, um, no suitable backup and that sort of thing. But he's been in this community ever since he was drafted, ever since he became a hurricane um, full-time with the big club and he's retiring here. So it's, there's a lot there with Cam that is sentimental for many fans. And I would say the same thing about Justin Williams, except for on steroids, he's just somebody that's really, really revered here. And you know, who knows what's going to happen. I, I feel like this is probably the end for him. He, he seems to be in a good place with his family and all that. So more to come. We'll see what that story is. And so Ron Francis and, and Dudley and, and a lot of the folks that have kind of gone by the wayside, especially Ronnie franchise, uh, losing him and the way that happened still doesn't set well with many of the fan base, including myself. Um, Rick Dudley, I I think uh, lucky for Seattle that they got that tag team. In my opinion, um, I remember the year of the '05 lockout, seeing him in arenas uh, around the Northeast when we had traveled up to go see the Low Lock Monsters, which was the Canes affiliate, play all the teams up in the Northeast, and he would be at every game with a slipboard, a briefcase, and just ready to go every single time. It was the funniest thing. I was like, is he following us or what is this? Because this is funny. But, yeah, I mean, I think that would be a classic Rick Dudley story, knowing all the stories that have gone around about him. And my husband always referred to him as the the hockey professor because he'd always have his, you know, notebook. He was ready to go and ready to do his thing. (laughs) Exactly. Um, so for the folks that uh, are our listeners who are interested in having a, a civil conversation on Twitter, uh, where can they find you? <laughs> yep, it's uh, at Let's Go Canes, uh, at LGC underscore. So um, now we look forward to the, the season opener um, of this new this new bitter rivalry. <laughs> Uh, Habs are on the road for the uh, the season opener. Montreal Canadiens versus Carolina Hurricanes. The PNC Arena, Thursday, October 3rd at 7 p.m. And uh, I imagine you'll be there. Oh, I'll be there. Absolutely. With bells on. Um, 
it's going to be fun. I, I know the passion is going to be there from both sides. We often have folks from Montreal um, in the seats and the stands in the arena. Um, we have a lot of transplants, a lot of folks that uh, either have family here or come in for games when they can and that sort of thing. So there's always a little bit of magic when we play Montreal, and that goes back years. But this is going to be different, way different. And I hope it's fun and fun and all that good stuff. Well, Patty, this has been fun. Thanks for joining us on the Canadians Connection. We really appreciate it, and hopefully uh, we'll have you back again uh, sometime during the season. Yeah, I would love it, Rick. Would absolutely love it. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Well, thank you, Rick, and thank you, Patty. Uh, that was a phenomenal interview. Uh, some great insight there into the mind of a Carolina Hurricanes fan and, and giving a perspective on that organization that we wouldn't otherwise have. So uh, as we said, uh, we, we welcome diverse opinion here on the Canadians Connection podcast and uh, certainly a great interview. Uh, and we thank Rick Stevens uh, for doing that with, with Patty. Um, so with, uh, with that said, we're going to take our final break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. And when we come back, we're going to look at the responses to the question of the week Julian hinted that there may be changes. Who is untouchable in the Habs organization? So we're going to get to the responses to that on Twitter and Facebook after our final break here on the Canadians Connection. Stay with us. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHab when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHab.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Hab fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net.
and welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Uh, thanks again uh, to Patty from Let's Go Canes for joining us uh, for that last segment and uh, and giving her thoughts on the Canes organization. Uh, you can follow her on Twitter at LGC underscore, underscore com. So that's LGC as in Let's Go Canes and then under, underscore com. Um, so we're going to turn things over uh, for the question of the week and uh, as I said, going to break, Julian hinted that there may be changes. Who is untouchable in the Habs organization? And we've certainly gotten a lot of responses to this question, and we'd like you to keep coming in with your responses. Uh, we have Chris G at Chris Habs 360. Uh, I think Bergevin's job is to keep improving the team. To do so, he needs to listen to offers for all players in the organization without any exceptions. And uh, there's uh, my mom says, I'm cool. <laughs> Great name. Says, Galley's last year here, methinks. And uh, that's that's an interesting one. He's not somebody that I would have thought would be in this conversation. But, I mean, if you're looking to improve, you have to look at all avenues. And uh, certainly Brendan Gallagher is somebody who has been consistent for the Canadians. So that is an interesting one. Um, and additionally, we have... Uh, Etienne Ferland saying, in theory, no one is untouchable. If the Oilers offer me McDavid, they can have any player they want on my team. But in real life, Galley, KK, and Domi are the three players I don't want to lose. And uh, to that, Fred LaBelle says, at the right price, I listen about Galley. So certainly it seems as though there are people that are willing to move on from Brendan Gallagher for the right price. And I think that's the key there, uh, for the right price. Uh, turning things over to the All Habs fan page on Facebook. And we've got Eddie, Eddie Chalfon saying, Gallagher, untouchable. Should be anyway. And uh, Andrew Roth saying, Mark Bergevin is untouchable. Uh, and it certainly does seem that way, at least if you look at his body of work and the things that have gone on. He, he, he does look like he is untouchable. So that is a, a good point there. Uh, but as we always say, we like hearing from you guys. We're called the Canadians Connection Podcast. We love to listen to all of these opinions. As we just said about Patty from Let's Go Canes, we welcome diverse opinion, and we certainly want to hear from you on this topic because, I mean, just about a, less than a month out from the season now, and the Canadians, according to Elliot Friedman, who brought it up a week ago, still looking to improve and, and Claude Julian's comments at the, the golf tournament at Drew Ends golf tournament certainly back that up. So it will be interesting uh, to see if the Canadians make any moves. And if, if so, if there's any, that any guys that move off the roster. So with, uh, with all of that said, I think it's about that time that we wrap things up for another week. And, you know, certainly there's a lot going on at this point in time and you have the Canadians, as we mentioned, their prospects are going to be playing against the Ottawa Senators prospects tonight in Belleville, where Rick Stevens and Amy Johnson will be and, and covering that like they did uh, last night for uh, the 8-1 to win for the Ottawa Senators. They're going to be there tonight, tomorrow, providing you coverage uh, of that tournament and certainly something to keep an eye on. And, uh, you know, we always say that there's something going on at allhabs.net. We've been going on all summer long. We've had articles coming out. We've had podcasts uh, every week here for the Canadians Connection, except for two. 
and certainly with the the other great podcasts on Rocket Sports Radio from the Press Box, Hab a Listen, and Habs Unfiltered. We've got you covered from all angles. So if you want to follow along with the uh, Rocket Sports Radio family of podcasts, you can do so on any of your favorite podcasting platforms, Overcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, Google Play, just to name a few. Just search for Rocket Sports Radio, hit that subscribe button, and uh, you can listen you can listen in and uh, and follow along and and certainly with with the great interview that we had with Patty you would want to go back and listen to that again uh, because there was some great insight there as to uh, what we might expect come opening night for the Montreal Canadiens when they're going to be in Raleigh in North Carolina and uh, and playing the Carolina Hurricanes so with all that said we'd like to wrap this thing up for another week with thank Rick Stevens who uh, departed a little bit early to go and cover that game tonight and his interview with Patty, who, which was fantastic once again. So with all that, we'd like to thank you for tuning into the Canadians connection. We're going to be back here next week, 1 PM Eastern. That is two 30 Newfoundland time. And until then, thank you for tuning in. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadians, follow us on Twitter at Connection and visit allhabs.net.